Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature Jamel Robinson, a self-taught multidisciplinary artist working in the mediums of abstract expressionist painting, sculpture writing, and performance. His work ponders itself alongside maker and audience while serving as a timestamp of the experiences shaping his life and creative practice. Jamel's works have gained him notoriety at home and abroad, attracting a variety of prominent collections. He has most recently been celebrated by the New York Times and CBS News for his Beauty from Ashes solo exhibition and teaching artist residency at the Hudson River Museum in New York. The body of work was curated in response to African American art in the 20th century. The Smithsonian American Art Museum's traveling exhibition of select permanent works which opened at the Hudson River Museum at the start of Jamel's residency in the fall of 2021. Jamel currently lives and works in Harlem, New York City, where he was born and raised. Enjoy this episode of the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast featuring Jamel Robinson. Jamel, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be featured on my podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. When did you discover your artistic passion? It began, I'm a poet and I've been a poet all my life. So the first phase of my creative process was just writing poetry as a child. And I think by the time I got to high school, I knew I was uh, fairly gifted because my teachers, one in particular, he asked me if I had plagiarized, but not in a way as though he didn't trust me, but to let me know it was that good. And I think from that moment on, I knew like, oh, I, I can write poems like this is my thing. And, um, you know, that would lead me into my painting practice, because back in uh, November of 2011, I had a friend who was a curator and he asked me to paint a poem on a canvas and be a part of a group exhibition. By then I had become a fairly uh, well-known poet. It had also been one of the first times I was compensated for my art uh, was being a poet in college. I, I had a group, 20 poets and a mic, and we would uh, produce these theatrical plays that were all poetry based. So, you know, I was, I thought that that's what I would do for my life. And then, you know, life changed, we'll get to that. But uh, so I think uh, at an early age, I knew that I, I had a, a knack for writing and it was, it was my concentration for, it still is like writing is like my thing. I love it. Do you have a love for words? I love words. You know, I, I, I love, I love putting them together and I love, seeing them put together by other people. I just, words are, words are powerful. And when you did start to create visual art, can you say which 
artist, if there was a particular artist that influenced you? Yeah, I was thinking about that question. I think more so than being influenced by any one particular artist, and it still carries through today, is uh, I'm mostly inspired by my own progression of how I did things. So when I when I first started to make visual art, the media thing I was doing was making faces. And I can't pinpoint like where the idea came from, but you know, I was like, well, actually that's not true. So I had been stenciling this character. Long story short, one of my last corporate jobs, I took the top of a copy machine off of the, I just took, I don't know why I took it off. And I used the outline to make this little character that had like two circles on each side and an oval as the face. And the circles would be the eyes and then the, the, uh, the little oval, I drew it into a mouth. I don't know where this idea came from, you know, and I would connect the, I would connect the three with like lines or whatever. And um, I've been stenciling that over and over and over again. Then I was asked to do this um, painting for the, the group show. And then a month later, I started painting as a result of loss. So I lost someone and I, I went and bought these art supplies. And uh, so I, I was stenciling onto canvas, the same character, and I got bored with stenciling and I wanted to paint the character freehand. And so I started painting this character over and over again. And that led me into making faces. So I started to do abstract self-portraiture. So it wasn't particularly like, oh, this artist is doing this. It just came to me naturally because I had been stenciling. And the next progression is like, you know, how am I going to make this thing? And then I started really making faces over and over and over again. And if you look at those faces, uh, you know, people had all kinds of reference points for me. They were put on me. Oh, this looks like Basquiat. This looks like Picasso. And, uh, and then maybe I, I might start to pay attention to those things, but they weren't, it wasn't in the forefront of my mind, like thinking of someone else. It was always me. I think that kind of comes from just like my upbringing or like being a, being a Harlemite. It's like, I'm not ever thinking like, oh, I'm not thinking about somebody else. I'm thinking like I'm doing this thing and you might let me know that I'm referencing something else. I might not know it. I have to accept that I see, I've seen so many things in life that they're always influencing me. And so I, I might not intentionally be trying to do something, but it, it, you know, if I look at it and say, okay, cool, this is where, this is where it might've come from. But uh, I didn't initially have a thought of anyone else. It was just like, I was enjoying it. And did you ever think about pure figurative work? You know, uh, no, because my, my greatest joke to myself, you know, and, and some great friends of mine are like, well, you know, if you put your mind to it, you could do it. But if I would have focused on like the reason that my faces were abstract was because I sucked at trying to draw from life. You know, it's like I could not make a face to save my life the way that it looks. I just didn't have that. Wasn't my gifting. And uh, <laughs> it continues till this day. I just don't try. I'm like busy doing other things. But it looks so amateur. You could never have gotten a career out of that. You would have to have a particular taste in unsuccessful portraiture to like my drawings or paintings to that degree. They just... They just weren't good. 
<laughs> could you recognize that? Yeah, but the the abstract was like doing good. You know, I felt confident in it and I felt like I was getting better and better at it. But I would do drawings and I would do like a face, but you know, I would never, it's like I could never be, I, I don't know. I won't say never because anything goes these days. I could I could probably do it. It would take a lot of time. But like on the road, no, no, no. How would you define your practice? I was thinking about this uh, and I'm always thinking about it. My motto's just always been, uh, it's the ABCs, you know, always be creating. And I think that my practice is one of uh, exploring itself. Like I need to be making, that's like my whole thing. It's making and also as I'm, I'm looking at the scope, it's like time stamping experiences. Like I, I'm usually creating bodies of work from something like my solo exhibition is based on an experience that led me to create that body of work. Other, other bodies of work, they, I, I consider them to be like stamps, you know, like you travel, you get a stamp on your passport uh, and that's like your evidence. So I have a life experience, negative, positive, or just in, in between. And if I create something, then it has that stamp and, and all the work might look a certain way. Uh, they might be in conversation because they're they're stamping that time. You know, I would go to Mexico and I was in Tulum for a while, for almost three months. And all those works have that stamp on them. That's that's kind of how my work even, you know, I'm writing. There's a time there's a particular time that a poem comes through and it stamps that moment or, you know, currently I'm writing and composing and singing songs and like I'm having an experience and then that's that stamp. My stamps have different symbols. They're either writing their music or their visual art and, and they're speaking to a specific time or like the concept that comes to me. You know, I sometimes ask my guests if they're concepts that connect their work. And what I hear is that it's your life experiences that connect the work. Yeah. What what materials do you use? Primarily acrylic paint. I also use house paint comes into play. I'm using wax crayon in my work. Currently, you know, the screen paintings exhibition, all of those are oil stick, which I recently oil stick is is fairly new to me. I've never used oils. I, I just didn't really didn't really like them. I like things, I like things to be more immediate. I don't know that I'm as patient in my work as as an artist that uses oil paint. Um, but currently, I'm loving oil stick. Uh, it also dries quicker than, you know, me probably just making a full work uh, with oil. Yeah, acrylic. And then also, like, I like to mix things in. Like, if I'm making canvas sculpture, which I'm down here in Mexico City for a group show, and I have two canvas sculptures in there. So that, I have plaster. I have materials in there that I'm that I'm embedding into the work. So there's like paint sticks uh, and other things I can't recall right now. I'd have to be looking at the work. But, you know, I, I'm using material and currently my focus is on building and then painting over things that I build. So, you know, my museum show, I, I built a piece in response to the uh, the main exhibition which was the Smithsonian's African-American art in the 20th century works. And I built a piece 
that, you know, it had pennies in it. It had a chain on it. It had a wooden sculpture. It had sand in it. And so, you know, my current focus is on how can I build and then paint on that? I'm trying to get away from painting, I think, in order to get closer to it, if that makes sense. It's like, I want to be able to to put things together and paint over them. You know, sometimes my favorite artworks are, are works that have things, quote unquote, things. Like if you've got stuff in your painting, I'm like a fan, <laughs> especially <laughs> if the execution is is in direct conversation to those things. You know, it's like, oh yeah, there's a there's a cup on here. Why? I may not know. You know, it's like a Rauschenberg kind of thing. Do you listen to music while you work? I do, actually. My my first exhibition was called uh, Giant Steps, and it was all works that I made while listening to that album on repeat. Um, my last, the piece that I made uh, for the Hudson River Museum exhibition that I had, I listened to... Uh, Nina Simone's strange fruit in order to bring myself right into the conversation I was trying to have with the work and with the audience. And then in between, I'm usually listening 90% of the time, I'm usually listening to music that moves the spirit so that I can put that into my work. You know, like that's, that's primarily what I'm listening to. And it's like worship, worship music for me, like that's, in my wheelhouse of belief so that I'm in conversation with the creator or depending on like what it is I'm trying to do, I might have to listen to something that like turns up, like some turn up music. <laughs> but that's pretty, that's, that's kind of rare. For the most part, I'm trying to listen to the music that fills me up so that when I'm pouring out into the work, it's putting love into the work. It's putting positive intention and thought. It's music that like, will allow me to conjure up the Holy Spirit and let that go into the work so that when people experience it, the work that is, they can have that encounter. You know, like they could feel my heart and maybe they feel God's heart in the work as well at the same time. How do you keep learning? At this point, it comes from seeing. So I, I need to see other work. I can't just be in my studio. I need to like go and see an artist have an exhibition or go to a museum or wherever or whatever group show. It doesn't have to be like one person. I need to see something that makes me want to go home and work. You know, like that's, that's my biggest way of learning. Like, Oh, I'm seeing, I can't believe I just saw this. Even if it's like completely different, you know, even if it's a figurative show and I'm just looking at a, at a body of work or like one painting that lets me know it's time for you to go home and lock in and, and work or a lot of my study comes from listening to artists' talks. You know, like I'll jump on YouTube and, and watch. I just need to hear the mind, you know, like the great minds. There's some great artists' minds out there. And it might not even be talking about painting. You know, it could be like a musician that I love. I just want to know what their thoughts are. It helps me to shape my own thoughts. It lets me know like, oh, I, I think this way too about life or the world or, or something of that nature. I try to do a little more reading. I'm not the best at like sitting still and reading. I feel like I move around a lot. I could, I could enjoy more time with books. I, I do read one book every year 
cover to cover. And that's like, after that, you know, I might not get to a book. But we are reading all day, every day if we're online, right? It's, it's, we're just not looking at beautiful images or reading. Do you feel Black art can be defined? Yeah, you know, that's, um, I love that question. I think that Black art gets defined by the world, both, like by the Black art world. I got to buy this Black art. I got to make this Black art. For me, it's like, I'm trying to make art. My work currently is in conversation with my Blackness and its place in the world. But I'm an artist. You know, like if you stripped me away and you just presented the work, I don't want anybody to walk by and be like, oh, this a Black artist made that work. I think I would have failed at my attempt to make something if it was defined solely by my race. You know, like for me, that would be a failure. I even want to push the boundaries of like, you show up and you know that this is a Jamel Robinson. Like, I want to be able to make work. I remember one time making a body of work. And oddly enough, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Chelsea right now, the solo show with a completely different kind of work. But I thought, I want to make a work where if you put it in a Chelsea gallery and you walk past, you didn't know it was me. You just felt like this is a great work. And when you asked who it was, then let my name come up. Now, there are artists, uh, historical and present day, who master exactly one work where you see it and you know exactly who it is. And I think that that's also great. But I'm not afraid to step outside of my own box to make something that might be great and you didn't know it was me. I'm not concerned with like, with what the art world will put you on, you know, like to the box that they'll put you in. Like, oh yeah, I wanna be able to walk into a room and say like, this is a Jamel Robinson painting. I just want you to be able to walk into a room and connect with something and let it move you maybe. And you like, oh, Jamel also makes this kind of work then that's great. And the artists who I love, they also step out the box, you know, like, I've had friends who I've heard them giving talks at the highest level saying like, I'm going to just make what I want to make within the confines of like, I'm not trying to go crazy and isolate myself from, you know, what is my community of support, but like, I want to just make work. You know, like I made a decision to stop making faces three years ago and stop using a brush and doing that took me to another place in my career and opened up an entirely new door for like my collectors, like it brought in new collectors. But I remember when I first went to make these works and I showed them to a good friend of mine and collector and they were like, I like the faces. <laughs> and I was, and I just was like, yeah, I'm going this way. Like, this is the way I felt called to do it. A lot of times I feel called to make this kind of work, to make this kind of departure. I think that fearlessness is going to take me wherever I'm supposed to go in my career and also in my life. You know, like I don't want only person I ever listened to and even currently the only person that could ever tell me what to do is named Robin Robinson. And that's my mom. She's the only person in this world that like I will listen to just because I have to. Otherwise, I'm, I'm running the show like I, I work this hard to get this far in my career and in my life, I don't have a boss. It's really God. And then right, right after God, it's Robin. <laughs> <laughs> she, can still, 
she can still tell me what to do. And I, I still got to jump and say how high and all that. But everyone else, it's like, I'm going to make what I need to make. And if you are not into that, then you're going to have to deal with it. Because I'm sure that, I, that you know, it, it will be, if it's supposed to be for me to do it, I'm going to do it. I think that might have answered the question. Yes. So if you were not a poet and a visual artist, what career path do you think you would have taken? Ooh, I wanted to be a teacher. That was like my intention. I think currently, because I've been learning to play the piano and I'm writing and composing songs and hopefully I'm getting better at singing. I try not to think too much about the singing part. I would love to just be a musician. The music, you know, I think the connection is like it involves writing and also like sounds. I'm so moved by sound, you know, like it's it's such a powerful thing. Yeah, I, that would be a career. And, and I think, you know, like I probably would rap, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, it's like I am a poet. I've also been rapping since the fourth grade. This is, people who really know me know about this, like if if. If I had to go do some other thing, I don't know if at 42, I mean, you could do it even at 42, but I probably would just put out a rap album and try to be one of the best rappers of all time. It's just, it's just, it's just competitive. I wouldn't have to be so humble and be like, I want to be the best. And that's what I'm going to go out and do. And I'm not, I'm not putting a rap album out anytime soon. <laughs> so what are you excited about now? I'm excited about life and I'm excited to see what like the next chapter is. You know, it's been a great, I don't know, the past year could be longer than a year, like time's moving and so many things are happening at once. I think what I'm most excited about, like, is my life, like, where am I going from here? And also this next body of work that I want to make. I feel like I'm, I'm finally, or not finally, maybe I'm always working towards this. But I'm currently in a place where my mind and my hand and my eye might really work together in order to produce a body of work that, that might really etch me into history. You know, like, can he make work that you'll never forget? Like, cool. I'm, that's, I think that's what I'm trying to do for myself. And uh, if I'm thinking about, like, an audience, I'm thinking about time and, like, can I make something that you will see that you'll never forget? And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see whether or not I can meet that challenge. I've enjoyed our conversation very much. This is our last question. What do you feel is your role as an artist? How do you want to impact people? I love that question. And I've been thinking about it a lot. I think that my role as an artist and maybe, maybe art is the vehicle, but my role as a person is to live a life that inspires people to want to live and to do. And because I'm an artist, to make. You know, like I, I think if I hit the mark, it's when people can look at my life because it has changed drastically in one particular way. And, and I got art as a result of that. So they can look at my life and look at my career and say, if Jamel can do these things, then I can absolutely do them. Even if it is with the hope that someone will say they can do it better than me. Like maybe that's the ultimate goal. Like not to say I'm the greatest or the worst, but like, oh, if Jamel can do that. I can definitely do it. If it can be from a place of ego and it sends you out there to go and like beat me in that way, as long as it sent you out 
And also, if you are looking at my work and my life and, and the career that I'm having, especially right now, that you can say, and especially if people who know me personally, they're like, my friend can do this, then I can do something too. It might not be the exact same path, but that it, it sets a fire to you. It's, it sets you on fire in a way you're like, I'm going to jump out here and take a risk and a leap because I see that God has Jamel and whether you believe in a God or not, to believe that whatever it is carrying me in this direction, that that same energy, that same love, that same light will also carry you. And that the only thing you have to do is start and never stop. You know, like that's the that's the name of the game. My life should be one that points people to starting without ceasing, like in every season. When it's great and everybody's saying your name, they know you like Raymond or when no one's paying attention to you, like to keep going because there's always going to be a reward for you personally on the other side. And, and if you and if you're lucky enough that the reward can be seen by others, then you become an inspiration. I think this is the we're called to like love each other and to inspire each other, not to not to see it and be like, oh, he he I don't want to ever appear to be a gatekeeper. I want to be the guy who held the door open when no one else might have thought to do it. I love that. So what a great way to end this conversation. Once again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Phyllis. Love you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.